0: Da, 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 da. Hello? And welcome back, listeners, to season five of Art Pop and Bottles. Uh, my name is Justin Ganaway.
1: My name is Kayla Maytion Garvin.
0: Hi Kayla, hello. Season Hi. five.
1: Hi, hello, how are you?
0: I'm doing well. I'm excited to still be talking about pop music and to still be a slave to the uh pop mu- pop music news cycle. How about you?
1: Um very much the same. I can't believe this is season 5 and we are incredible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're so good. We're like I said before this podcast started, we're just never getting canceled and that's exciting. Um, so as another means of checking in, but about how your life is going, um, we started the podcast by talking about which pop star we feel like this week. Kayla, do you have an answer?
1: Um, I don't have one ready, but I could, I could be extemporaneous. Do you have one in mind?
0: I don't either. <laughs> it's season five and we have not come in with thoughts.
1: We're not prepared. Um, um, okay, I can go. I lately have been feeling lethargic, lazy, sad, um, but also cunty. And so I feel like the person who fits that brief is Lana Del Rey. How about you?
0: <laughs> That's really good. Um, I have been in rehearsal doing lots and lots of rehearsals every night, lots of uh, directing Um, designing scenic designing. Um, I just feel like I have my hand in every single visual in the show that is like going to be presented soon. And in that way, I guess I do feel like Beyonce, which is exciting.
1: Love love that.
0: Um, So we've got some news. We've got some news for you that we're going to talk about right now. Um, First and foremost, the VMAs were this past Tuesday. We are recording on Saturday, September 16th. So the performances are still fresh. Um, We just rewatched a few as well. So uh, who do you want to talk about first?
1: Um, I just most recently watched the Doja cat performance so we could start there. Um, I, uh, Doja came out in sort of like librarian, sexy librarian chic with like her hair pulled back and then halfway through sort of like loses some parts of that costume, hair goes down, she is wearing red lingerie under it, um. I thought it was a strong performance. Doja's always a strong performer, and I think that she always gives good VMA. Um, so, yeah, what did you think of it?
0: I thought it was good. I thought it was, uh, like, give, gives good VMA is a great phrase to, uh, for that performance because it, it has what it needs. It was conti. it was, it told a story, it had a couple gag worthy moments, um, and it was referential to, like, you know, that iconic sort of all red look at the Schiaparelli fashion show as well. So I just feel like it was a very strong brand reinforcing performance by Doja Cat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't really miss at the big award shows. Mm-mm.
0: And that hair did look good. Like I, I, it was a feat to take it out of that bun and then have it look that like great. Awesome.
1: I didn't like the wig. I gotta say, I didn't love the wig. Right? I feel like the wig, oh wig could have been better.
0: Yeah, fair enough, fair enough What, what did you not like, because it was flat Or because it just didn't give body After it was out of pony
1: It was giving Like w- like out of the bag wig For me, you know like Aww. I feel like it could have Well, especially because I think Doja's in her bald era Like, I Was actually expecting The wig to come fully off
0: Mmm that would have
1: been more fun. Yeah, that's. I think that's a better way to go
0: from sexy librarian to slutty red lingerie. You're right. We should have gone to buzz cut entirely. <laughs> that's a good what wig reveal.
1: What other performances stand out to you?
0: Um, I just watched uh, Demi Lovato's performance by your uh, request, and I'm so happy that I did because... I feel like an old person now, but like some, most of these girls are not giving live vocals and at least at least De- Demi Lovato is going to trot themselves out on stage and sing like they've never sung before each time. And it was a great experience. I, I loved the look. I thought she looked phenomenal um, in terms of just like the proportions. The And I thought that I don't usually love a wet hair, but I thought that wet hair was good. What did you think?
1: yeah totally agree. It made me i I've heard some of the re like the rock remixes of her songs, and I sometimes I'm just kind of like this is you didn't do too much with this arrangement, but like hearing them live, it was so fun. It was famously a moment where like Taylor was like really singing along in the audience and uh, to heart attack. like she has so many bangers. um and then I thought cool for the summer, like the vocals on that were stunning even for demi like it was wild it was so good and so um, I have gotten recommended from Caroline who's been on the pod to talk about another um, demi album uh, she said to listen to the to the album and that it's fun so I it made me look forward to that whereas it I, would, I wouldn't have listened.
0: Yeah, we had, we had both sort of bailed on Demi after the last album cycle. <laughs>
1: I mean, it wasn't good.
0: <laughs> it wasn't good. We didn't like it. <laughs> but
1: you know what? I love a fucking greatest hits. I do. And I think Demi's got the discography to back it up.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, well, and but it's and I think I also ran away because I uh, famously I prefer honestly her R&B era to, to her rock stuff. But I think you're right. I think that performance of the rock stuff is good. And you're absolutely right. The the vocals on "Cool for the Summer" were pristine and yeah, like, they just
1: they were hitting notes that I just like. I, my jaw was on the floor. <laughs> Incredible!
0: Incredible. Um, from one uh live sung performance uh with rock inflections to another performance that was po- probably about half lip synced um what did you think about olivia rodrigo's performance that was shady with me i didn't
1: i didn't notice the lip syncing to be honest because the vocals seemed hot because they weren't good um, <laughs> it wasn't the greatest performance uh, i I continue to be disappointed by Olivia's live performances, which is sucky because I'm such a, a Stan and what really makes me fall in love with performers is their live performing. And I think that's just the one thing as we'll talk about later that Olivia hasn't given us yet. Is like, a, give us one good live performance. I don't know. What did you think?
0: No, I agree with you. I mean, even Selena Gomez gave us one great Performance of me and the rhythm, and I know that Olivia's got it in her. Uh, but unfortunately, yeah, this one for me, I thought that the beginning was like with the fog and the opening for Vampire was strong enough. But like she didn't hit the high notes in the verse of verse for Vampire, so I was like, oh, why did why did you transpose it transpose it down? And then. We did the stage breaking and then we did the choreo, you know, the light choreo. And I'm in a place of, I don't need any choreo from Olivia at all. Like it, it will not augment a performance for me. And I don't think her music needs it either. Like, because she's in that pop punk sphere. So why, why give us a cheerleader dance? Like what was, how does that make the music better? How does that make the performance better? It just seems, it seems half-hearted by her. And I would like to speak with her art director, honestly. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. It sucks because you root for her. I root for her and I, and I wanted the performance to be better. But I think someone who gave great choreo and, and possibly only lip synced, but maybe sung. No, she sang for parts of it. Uh, Sabrina Carpenter.
1: Oh, no, she sang. She sang live. She's, she's an incredible vocalist. She's a good dancer. Uh, she killed that. I mean, I don't know. I, I I really like her as a performer. I think the videos of her performing at Lollapalooza are really good. The videos that have come out of her on ERA's tour in, like, South America or whatever are very good. Like, she's a great live performer. And uh, I just learned that she's the girl in Girl Meets World. I, I knew she was, like, a child star, but I didn't realize she was on that show. Yes. I think
0: I knew that kind of, kind of, sort of, but I like way back here, I think I knew it, but I don't think I'd clock it, but yeah, no. I mean, the choreo is always like tight and cute and cunty and that little, that little rhinestone skirt flipping around and the bodice. I was like, okay, slay look, nice movement. Great vocals. I was just, I I hope that she ends up on the main stage next year. And I hope that, uh, yeah, I just hope she's on the main stage.
1: She is giving pop star. Like she's giving more than a lot of the other girlies. And on that night, Olivia included, she's giving pop star.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, Do we want to talk about the video Vanguard performance, Shakira?
1: She did her thing. You know, we all know she can do her thing. I don't think she sang was great.
0: What'd you think? No. She did she definitely did it sing. Of all of them, no singing. (laughs) No singing whatsoever. And when you don't sing, you have to dance really hard. And like her dancing was all it was all very strong and good. Uh, the the only thing I the the thing I call into question are the like she were sort of like the Nickelodeon-esque like camera passes and flirting, she'd be like she'd like punch the camera so it would go the other way or like turn it the other way with her hand. And I was like, this is hokey pokey, I don't like it. But um I thought, you know, she wore beige rhinestones, her hair was flying all over the place, and I, you know, not a lot of people can do it like her. Would have loved a, a surprise cameo from Beyonce and and they could have just done Beautiful Liar, but that would have been
1: of dollars, I'm sure not doing that.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> She doesn't want to remind the world of that. No. <laughs> Not after that uh, Super Bowl performance.
1: It was great though. Whatever. I'm I like Beautiful Eye. Time has I do too. Time has treated that song kindly to me. No, I loved
0: it. I, I love that song. But I feel like if she's revisiting one, it's it's telephone part two in like 15 more years. But maybe I'm wrong. Well,
1: we can only fucking hope. <laughs>
0: Um, okay, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about, um, aliens. Um, a UFOlogist that has like had received funding in the past from the Mexican government, but is not like endorsed by the Mexican government at this point, came out with two little alien, uh, carcasses, Is that the right word for that?
1: That's what they said, I think. Or they said like bodies, or I'll, I'll look it up. But yes, but like like bodies, bodies.
0: Yeah, too. But they're little bodies. They're like little baby bodies. <laughs> um, <laughs> they seemed referential. Um, corpses. Oh, corpses is better. Corpses. And that's, that's more That's Halloween y, too. That's more sneaky. <laughs> um what do you think Kayla are are aliens real
1: (laughs) yes but these are not aliens
0: (laughs) yeah no it's like those aliens looked like little et aliens like you could see the references
1: I feel like too have you been following this trial that's been or not trial like um it's all these like depositions that are happening with the U S government and aliens and stuff like the aliens are fucking real, but like, that's not it. And is it just to distract us from the real aliens? Who knows? Yes. Demi Lovato, probably.
0: Demi Lovato absolutely knows. Kesha has already visited with them. Um, So like I, we really, we really need to be talking to our, our uh, our pop stars who've been cast aside by us (laughs) um, about aliens. Jeremy told me something about uh, aliens have an agreement with the government, but like about global warming. But like, if we don't get our shit together by twenty twenty seven, they're gonna like take over and make us stop uh, contributing to climate change. But he told me that after two espresso martinis last night, so I'm not really sure how true
1: any of it is. I I mean, I feel like espresso martinis only increase the truth. So. <laughs>
0: you're right it's the only thing that can like hold our focus anymore we need an extreme upper and then a little bit of well a lot of bit of vodka to then just focus us zero us in on one specific thing (laughs) um in other news britney Spears has gotten a divorce after 14 months do you have more more you can share with us on this caleb
1: well okay so they. uh Sam Asghari f- filed for divorce. Brittany did not say anything about it for maybe like four or five days, something like that. And in in the meantime, she was posting about how she was buying a horse on Instagram, um, which <laughs> fucking icon. And then um, <laughs> she she finally posted about it. She said it was like. um, she she said that she was in like pain about it. Um, the sort of newsy part of this was that um, they signed a prenup together, and in which like I think he was receiving like a million a year or something as part of their marriage and in the prenup gets nothing like he can keep the gifts she gave him, but that's about it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. As always, I just kind of wish her the best and hope it, it everything is working out for the best. And I think the prenup she signed is like so great um, because we know that Kevin Federline has been sponging off that woman forever. Um, I don't know. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think it's, I mean, ultimately, I just think it's sad because I really want, because it seems like there's not a lot, there's not really a person in her family that she can go to that can give her that sort of unconditional love and support that she needs. Um, Yes, I am glad that she had a a prenup. I think that's great. Um, And I think like the most optimistic take I can give on this separation is that at least the wedding gave us that iconic photo of her (laughs) and Donatella and Selena and the girls. Like that was, if nothing else, we got that photograph. And I think that's really something to be celebrated.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) I hope I want like, I want fan fiction written about that, uh, about that photo.
1: I'm sure it's out there, you know? Yeah. We only have to um, I,
0: Yeah, it's just to Google away Truly um, So okay, It's time to get to our main event We're talking about Guts By Olivia Rodrigo Which was released earlier this month On September 8th, I believe
1: Yeah, yeah So it's been out at this point for like a little over a week
0: Amazing um, and this is Olivia's sophomore take on this, uh, a sophomore album. Um, so I know it was just a week ago, but where were you and what's your very specific relationship with Olivia at this time?
1: I was in, uh, New York here probably working. Um, I know I listened to it on the day it came out, um, and listened to it several times that weekend. I've had about, you know, the, I I probably listened to it at least once a day since it was dropped. Partially in anticipation of this episode. Um, I love Olivia Rodrigo. We talked a little bit about her disappointing me with her live performances, but um, like I'm a huge stan. I loved Sour. It meant so much to me. And I got to say that it kind of felt a little in back burner rotation for me in the two years since its release. Like I'll listen to it every once in a while, but it's not like, you know, some of the albums that I listen to like, regularly it it kind of fell into like a semi-regular listen for me um but uh very excited about this album's release and to talk about it with you what about you
0: um i uh i was here in missouri and i was i've been working a lot 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 so i actually have i did listen to it the night that it came out as well and then i've listened to it sporadically throughout the week but then i listened to it i think four times all the way through today so i'm very very guts pilled today. Um, and I, I, I like, I like burnt sour out for myself. Like, I love it. I, and I still listen to it, but like, I put it on heavy rotation for like six months. Um, and I, I absolutely love the album. And so I was like, I'm very excited to, I'm very excited for Olivia to return. And I feel like I've been anticipating it. Uh, so I'm, I'm Thrilled that it's here, and I'm thrilled to talk about it as well. Okay. Shall we dive in?
1: Yeah, let's fucking do it.
0: Okay, slay. Let's do. Let's do our opener, our all-American bitch. What did you think?
1: I love this song. I'm so glad it's number Mm -hmm. one, such a great tone setter for the album. Like here's my sound. Here's the things I'm interested in. Great thesis song for the album. And like a great framer of what we're about to encounter within um, the tracks on this, um, on this work. Um, I think it's really incredible. I love the sort of like lyrical dichotomy of what's sort of like expected from women and girls. And like, the sort of, like, wordplay of it, the, like, it's sort of, like, tongue-in-cheek, like, it's all first person, like, um, I, like, I'm grateful all the time, all this stuff that's framed um, as um, personal, and it both is talking about archetype and expectation, as well as, I think, a little bit of, like, aspiration and, like, like satire and like i just think it's pretty well done like it's sort of a um like a, a really tongue in cheek look at like what's expected of um like like young women young american women um but also um like it, the the pitfalls of that um i just am obsessed with like the part where she's like screaming um and then goes right into that soft like the time i'm grateful all the time um and i think the lyrics are great the that section and i'm sexy and i'm kind i'm pretty when i'm cry and the the song ends like that i just love it i love a lot of the lyrics in this song and i also think it's in very much so in conversation with the mitski song all american is it all american girl um it's like a really seminal mitski track um, that is sort of like uh big Asian American and, like, mixed Asian American, like, touchstone um, of, like, what um, is expected of, like, the quote-unquote American girl um, and, like, what, uh, oh, sorry, I'm so sorry, it's called Your Best American Girl, the Mitski song, Um, and it's Mm -hmm. a song that's sort of about uh, like male expectations of of women and like um the big line from it is like your mother wouldn't approve of how my mother raised me and it's really like a like I don't know I'm just really interested in this song's entry into that sort of like conversation and I love it 15 out of 10 what do you think sorry that was long I love this song though
0: no no I'm happy that you I'm happy that you said all of that because i agree with quite a bit and i pulled out the exact same lyric that refrain of i'm grateful all the time i'm sexy and i'm kind is just it's such a perfect it the the vocals are beautiful it's it it feels fresh and new and interesting and like um but it like you know it, it it's something that well that you can easily relate to i love that lyric i love that part of the song I do agree. Great opener. And I think it does. It's like, it plays, the song itself plays with the soft and hard, like soft versus hard chorus, like like a lot of the songs do on this album. So I think she's setting expectations really well. Um, and she's, she's just a great writer. Like you said, she does, she did satire here very well and she delivers a joke very well. Like she's just, it's got all the things that you want from a pop star in the writing and, um, great track. I I gave it um a very very solid 10 out of 10, but I feel like I probably should have done 11 or 12 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: I also love the vocal on this one. I think throughout she has strong vocals on this album, but I like the as you were saying her delivery on this track.
0: Yeah, yeah, vocally she like I love that she gives this falsetto in the studio and the falsetto is so like so lovely.
1: Yeah, it's pretty. It's really pretty.
0: Yeah. Um, let's talk about bad idea. Right. Um, I love this track so much. I love it. I, I love a campy punty Olivia. I'm glad that she gave us spoken word because I feel like sometimes incredible vocalists are like, are scared of doing spoken word, but she does great spoken word. Like it was it was great. I feel like I, uh, this is the first song that I can see a lot of drag queens doing, because it's got that little camp edge to it. Um, and they also like, the I should probably probably not section. I always thought it was, I should probably promenade. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, and I also love the, I slipped and fell into his bad line. Just great stuff. Just easy, fun, great stuff. Uh, 12 out of 10. <laughs> What did you think?
1: <laughs> I really like this song as well. Um, I also noted the spoken word. I like the part that, um, you know, she's been doing spoken word on all the verses and then hops in with, like, my friend goes, ah. Like, I love that section and the sort of contrast with what has come before and what is about to come again. Um, I think it's really solid. It's really fun. It's like a 10 out of 10 for me, I think. A mere 10 out of 10. Wow. A
0: mere, just, a, just, you know, it just... Met expectations perfectly. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great. <laughs> uh, what did you think of... We've, so we've talked about this track already on the pod, um, but we can talk about it in context of the album itself. So what did you think of Vampire?
1: Okay, Vampire has grown on me so much. I already had a positive it is now I think like one of the greatest songs of all time (laughs) Like when I hear it it, I'm like oh my god yes and I hear it all the time like they are overplaying this song I hear it in stores I hear it on like my phone I hear it in the streets and I love it more and more each time I hear it I'm sure I'll hit a wall with it at some point but right now I think everything about it is genius it's lyrically perfect (laughs) it's vocally magnificent we're very lucky to be here and hearing this song. Um, I also, like, again, we've discussed whether or not this is about Taylor Swift. I, The more I listen to it, the, the more I think it actually is not, but the more I wish it was, because I think it's... <laughs> But to bring up um, some actual facts, uh, <laughs> she facts talk about it. Facts. Um, she talked about it recently in a Ro- Rolling Stone interview, where she kind of declined to comment in a way that made me th- think, like, oh, maybe there is hope here that it's actually. Um, about Taylor. Um, I also wrote in my notes that I think it is the greatest pop diss track other than, uh, Mariah Carey's Obsessed. Um, and yeah, I just, I love this. I love this song. I think it's incredible. What do you think?
0: (laughs) I love hearing that. I absolutely agree with you. This one has like I just like it's the I have a three minute drive to work every morning. So that means like I I can pick one song. And more often than not, I'm picking vampire, which is good. It's Um, fun to
1: sing in the car. It's ideal car singing.
0: Incredible car singing.
1: And I feel like we're
0: in this era of pop music, and maybe I just like have bad taste, but but like there, we're in an era of pop music. I feel like we're sometimes things sound bad at first, and then they sound good. But like, vampires sounded great at first, and sounds even greater now. Like, it's just a fantastic, like, amazing, amazing track. And I love that it was a bait and switch as a lead single of like, here's a ballad. Oh wait, no, it's not a ballad at all. Um, it was, I think, a really smart move to release this track. I agree with you. I think it's one of the best pop songs of all time as well. Um,
1: um, I did want to read out what um, Rodrigo said when she was talking about Taylor Swift. So. Um, it goes into the history of it how um, Swift you know, they she originally was like, I'm a Swifty. She would talk about it all the time. Taylor Swift, I guess gave her a ring um, at some point and then uh, Rodrigo had to give Taylor Swift and uh, Jack Antonoff writing credits on One Step Forward uh, as well as Deja Vu. Um, and Rodrigo says she was caught, a little caught off guard by the sa- sour co-write situation, but she says there's no personal ill will. I don't have beef with anyone. I'm very chill. I keep to myself. I have my four friends and my mom, and that's really the only people I talk to ever. There's nothing to say there are so many Twitter conspiracy theories. I only look at alien conspiracy theories. So if you listen to what she says there, she doesn't actually talk about Taylor at all and instead talks about aliens, which to me is like the clearest, <laughs> but she wasn't directly <laughs> asked about vampire. So I don't know. What do you think?
0: It's about it's about Taylor. That's my thought. I've, that's been my position since the beginning and I will continue on with it. I just, I hear nothing but Taylor. Um, I hear, I hear it in the fame fucker. I hear it in the sold me for parts. It just yeah. reeks of Taylor Swift to me. And I, I did teach a class on Taylor Swift. So
1: you're a scholar. You're a scholar. I give this a 15 out of 10.
0: Same. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> a very solid. I don't think we go above 15 very much unless it's like SZA. <laughs> I think <laughs> Beyonce
1: gave her like a 17. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, 17 is the gold standard. <laughs> uh, it's oh, oh, not one, to,
1: one last thing I wanted to say about Vampires, just that this run of songs, like opening with All American Bitch, following it with Bad Idea, right? And then Vampire fucking slaps. Like it's such a good start to the album.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's like bulletproof, especially in terms of writing, like three 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 bangers um and then we get into lacy um i'll start on this one lacy is olivia rodrigo's take on that sort of jolene's st- song structure which i think is very good i'm i i love it when artists give us something like something like jolene and i think her take on it is nice because it's a bit darker a little bit more insidious um i i think it's a strong song um and i do think it's Absolutely, about Sabrina Carpenter and the evidence is in the uh, Bardot reincarnate. Um, mm. But I love the I love the track, but I don't think it's as strong as the first three.
1: I agree. I feel like the album kind of dips here, and it's good. I think it's good because it's like we need a break. Like this is, I mean, you just played a three fucking bangers. We need to take a breath. Um, and uh, it's definitely not my favorite track on the album. I think it's fine, but I also, my, my view of this song was colored a little bit by seeing a tweet that said it was, um, like the worst song on the album. And I disagree with that, but it framed it for me as like, Oh, this might not be a great song. Um, but I don't, I don't love the song and I don't really like love the, the, them, well, I I like the drama, but the idea that they're writing songs to each other and like putting them out there, I just um <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> um, yeah. You know that like like Olivia wrote about Sabrina, then Sabrina wrote about the situation, but like also Olivia, and now Olivia's like back at it. Like, okay,
0: yeah, like <laughs> I don't need it past there. I don't need it past one album cycle from each of them. It, right. Like. Unless, but you know what they, they're so, they're both so referential that I honestly think they just need to throw on like Madonna, uh, lace looks and kiss at the next VMA. It's like, that's the only logical conclusion.
1: Oh, oh I would love that. Honestly, that would <laughs> heal, that would heal America. Um, this is, this is fine. This, uh, it's a good song too. I like some of the lyrics. I like the vocal on it as always. And I like the production. Um, it's like, a 9 out of 10, maybe?
0: I I was meaner. I gave 8.5 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. Cool.
0: <laughs> Great. Okay. Let's talk um, Ballad of a Homeschooled Girl.
1: What do you think incredible.
0: about this one? Um, I love it. I I think <laughs> this is incredible. <laughs> like, the, we, we dip a little bit, and then at, we hit a track five that is... I think you know I think that Olivia loves a self-deprecating song and this is the best way to have done it it's a, quite a bit of humor to it um I love the we, you were talking about the my brain goes ah, and like the way that she like the way that she uh, transitions into the chorus on I think it was bad um, idea right mm-hmm. Uh was I right about that? I don't know. But anyways, um, I like the I know, I know, I know section that, that is the transition into the chorus on this one. I just think it's like the it's so good. Um, I also feel like I haven't heard the phrase social suicide in years, but I like that it's here. I like I like this sort of romantic pop punk revival niche that she has for herself. Love the nod to uh, uh, falling in love with gay men. And it's great. It's just a great track.
1: Um, it's interesting because I feel like people are Talking about that line where She says uh, like the guy She likes is making out with other guys and then Every guy everything I do is tragic Every guy I like is gay I think it's funny <laughs> but I I Do feel like some people are like Having feelings about it Which sh- Sure I don't know I don't think I, I think it's There's a long history of Like Um you know, Taylor Swift's picture to burn used to have, like, I'll tell all my friends you're gay, which is more clearly homophobic to me. Like, her liking gay guys to me is just sort of, like, a fact. I don't know. Do you
0: yeah. oh, have any thoughts on wondering. It? Yeah, I was going to ask you. I was, I was like, "What? What are people having feelings about?" it? so they're they're, they're feeling that it's slightly homophobic.
1: That yeah, like history, right? shades of homophobia. But I, I don't read it like that. But me, you know, I don't know. Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm I'm not here to tell people how to feel, but I do think that um, the phenomenon of an MT girl falling in love with a gay man is just like culture. So I, I, I don't see it as wrong.
1: Uh, yeah, no, I love this song. I think it's so fun. Um, I, I think she's observant. I think she's got a sharp pen. And I think this is one of the songs um, that's like both a banger, also with social commentary, 10 out of 10.
0: Yes, agree. Hard agree, 10 out of 10 as well. Um, and then our next track is Making the Bed, right? I'm not skipping something. Okay. Um, what are your thoughts on this one?
1: I think this is a nice song. It's a good song. It's a song I like hearing to, uh, hearing, um, it's like a nine out of 10 for me. Like it's a very strong song. It's a little slower. I, of the slower songs, I, I think I might like it more than Lacey, but it, it's fine. Good.
0: I don't like it. (laughs) Um, I just think, well, I mean, I don't hate it, but I just think it's kind of a snoozer compared to some of the other tracks. And I feel like it's uh, it's different thematically from Ballad of a Homeschooled Girl, but it also is sort of like a you know a song about herself and what she feels she's doing wrong. It's certainly more sincere than Ballad of a Homeschooled Girl, obviously, but and I think that's why I find it boring because there's not a lot in it that feels new. About her. Um, I, I would have probably cut it from that album, but I do like the insight where she tells us about um, uh, they, the lyric, They Tell Me They Love Me Like I'm Some Tourist Attraction. Like, I, I am interested in what her relationship with fame is, as I'm interested in that by, uh, in all of our pop stars. And I feel like I learned a little bit about her there, but I give it a seven out of 10.
1: Oh, I give it a nine out of 10. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's our biggest (laughs) disparity thus far (laughs)
1: um
2: great love it
0: love let's talk about uh logical this is yeah go for it yeah this is like it's sort of the when pigs fly uh thing uh you know like two plus two equals five and i'm the love of your life blah 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 like the sort of like things that would never happen are happening um And I don't know, I don't, I also don't like this track. Um, I think that you shouldn't do, you shouldn't demonstrate addition in a song, especially if Beyonce's already done it um, and it's not as good.
2: (laughs) This just did,
1: don't add. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to face on that. I like it when people (laughs) add in songs it's never bad. I like it when people spell in song. I like it when people name the days of the week in song.
0: Absolutely. So
1: it doesn't bother me. And I think it's good. It's It was one that when I was preparing for this episode, I kept being like, what is this song? Like, I couldn't remember it. And then I started remembering it because I couldn't remember it. And it's really grown up. I think it's going to be one that I, um, like, This might be getting ahead of myself a little bit, but I do think this is an album that I will listen to in its entirety again, outside of the context of making this podcast. And I think that I'm going to like listening to making the bed and logical in context of the whole albums, but I'm not going to be like rushing to put them on myself. I think this is like an
2: aid.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. I, 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 I gave it. What, what did I give it? Oh wait, did give it a seven. Um, but I agree with you. I it's not a song that I want to miss in the context of the album itself.
1: Yeah, and she sounds good. Uh, she sounds good. It's a very um sour track. Like the melodies and some of the lyrics are are um guts. I think what's exciting about guts is it has a very particular sound, and this actually doesn't quite. Like, it sounds like her last
0: era. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do get a little grumpy towards the end of this album, so I'm interested in, I think we're going to fight a little more towards the end of this okay. album. Um, <laughs> let's talk, but, but I'm not grumpy on this track, obviously. Next up is Get Him Back. What did you think of Get Him Back?
1: I think it's fun. I like the... Again, she's giving us basic but elevated. Like, the the chorus having a double entendre of, like, she wants to get him back as a romantic partner, but she also wants revenge. Like, I think that's really clever. Um, I like the bridge. I love the bridge on this one. Um, when she sings, I, I want to kiss his face with an uppercut. I want to meet his mom and tell her her son sucks. Like, I love that love. line. Um, and I think... I don't know. I think it's a, it's a fun track. I like the, you know, like the group singing and the chorus. Um, it's not, I, I don't think it's my favorite, but I'm definitely going to like having this song played on the radio. Like I'm going to like it when it comes on at a bar or a club or whatever. What do you think?
0: Um, I agree with a lot of what you said. I wrote down the exact same lyric. We've been writing down the same lyrics for every song, which is great. I feel that makes me feel good. That makes me feel like a, I could have been a writer. Uh, <laughs> in that vein I uh I think that she is every English teacher's wet dream like you were saying with the double entendre she takes these writing devices and just does them so well that it's like I would have given that an a plus plus obviously um <laughs> as a liberal arts grader um I uh Love that she makes fun of uh, the man's height in the first verse because it never gets old. Making fun of men's height, uh, one it just it just ages well. It's just good. It's fun and it's good, and they deserve it. Um, we're done the same lyric, but yeah, there are jokes. It's upbeat. I'm having fun. I gave it. Uh, I did write nine out of ten. I guess. I think I, I could. Agree with I could that. do ten out of ten.
1: I think I agree with
0: nine. Nine out of ten. We, we've decided, Olivia, here's your 90%. <laughs> um, okay, and now we've got Love is Embarrassing.
1: I think this song suffers from a really weak verse. The, I think that the mm. chorus and the bridge are strong um, and, like, mm-hmm. a really strong ending. Like, I like the sort of spokey, spoken-y, singing thing that's happening at the end and the way that it builds. Um, but I just think the verse is so weak that, like, I'm not super excited when the song comes on. But once it's on and we start heading towards the end, I'm like, yes, okay, here we are. Uh, what do you think?
0: I agree with you. It's like we can usually look at these songs and pick out at least one lyric that is like, oh, this is that encapsulate what's encapsulates what this song is about. And Love is Embarrassing just doesn't have like a specific joke or something that really like gets to the core of what she's trying to talk about. It just is a little middle of the road in that way. Um, I think the only thing I remember is like she talks about him like being a loser. I think that's the. Yeah. The gist, loser sort of B team. Yeah. What?
1: Yeah. The gist is yeah. like, he's not, he's not worth mentioning something like that. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, and
0: it, I mean, there's like some eighties references, I think in the instrumentals, which are good. Um, but I gave it, I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. I wrote, it's not a skip, but it's not a slay or a slap. 8.5 out
1: of 10. literally exactly what I wrote. Not the words, but the 8.5 <laughs> 8. out of 10. And I agree with the not flag. <laughs> um, great. Uh,
0: let's talk about the grudge. I okay. can go first on this. Go for it. Go for it. Um, I love this one. I think this is her best sort of like pure ballad for me. For me, it's the best pure ballad on the album. Like I, cause vampire, I don't consider to be a like a pure ballad. So this like is slow start to finish. And I, I'm obsessed with it. I love it when she gets into her belty soprano. And I think this is like some of the highest she goes on the album Um, And I love that we're getting a a very musical theater delivery. It sounds like a track from the Mean Girls cast album, but like in a good way. And I like, and I know that this is the one that I'm going to go back to and I'm going to sing in the car uh, as well. So I like it. I would say like 9.5 out of 10.
1: Wow. I'm going to have to listen to it again because every time I hear it. I'm like, this is fine. Like, I think this one doesn't stick with me. Like there's a really strong vocal as per usual, but like when I try, I've similarly to logical, I've listened to this one on purpose to be like, what does this sound like? And I still, and right now I can't recall it, but I can recall logical. So For me, I read this one a seven out of ten, so I'm gonna have to listen to it again. Maybe it'll grow on me.
0: Am I or am I like? uh, But I I mean, again, kind of like with "Love Is Embarrassing," I can't tell you a specific lyric from it, but I just know that I liked the vocal so much that I just kind of it is hard for it. Yeah,
1: sounds pretty. Uh, It's pretty.
0: Did you give a numerical rating? You gave seven out of ten, and I gave nine out of (laughs) ten. Yeah, point five. <laughs> nine point nine point five. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk. Pretty isn't pretty.
1: Well, guess what? Pretty hurts. I think this is. <laughs> A fine song about that. Like, we get a lot of this, I think. And I I think this is, like, a fairly nuanced take. I think it's, like, fairly well written. I re- think there's a really strong hook in, a, like, the guitar I really like. Um, I think this song is really memorable. Um, I <laughs> <laughs> wrote in my notes? Pers- like, a lot of it lyrically is about, like, I felt ugly so I went to buy makeup. but uh, personally, I wish it was more about plastic surgery because that actually is what I, what I see all her peers doing it's not makeup it, it is medical procedures and i would just be more interested if at this point in 2023 the conversation is about like cosmetic procedures rather than just like like makeup makeup's fun like makeup is a artistic expression and so i guess is plastic surgery but like in a different <laughs> in a different way and like there's different pressures around it and like when you look at, when you look at, and, and recently, I mean, I think, did you watch the um, Ariana Grande Vogue, Get Ready With Me?
0: Or no, Paper, but I it? want to. She Wasn't talks it amazing? About,
1: well, I, I haven't watched the whole thing, but I have watched the part where she talks about her filler and she starts crying and she says like for so long, like, um, beauty to me was about, like, hiding myself, and now she says she's not getting any filler, not getting anything done because she wants to age naturally now, because for a while she was just, like, doing too much, and it was really interesting. It was, like, uh, Yeah I mean I've never heard her talk About that stuff before and she was Very candid about it Um, But anyway when you look at Ariana Grande When you look at Sabrina Carpenter When you look at like some of these other girlies Like they've had work done You know and like that's the new Pop girl standard and I'm just Interested in that conversation I'm sure That's not what Olivia wants to talk about Because she didn't Um, So anyway I do like this song I think it's a 9 out of 10 what do you think
0: I think you're absolutely 100 percent 110 percent right and that it, it would have been a much like because and i, I think it's really it is in line with what she does because she gives us like she's she she her songs are always like the framework has been done before but she gives us a really hot fresh take on it at lyrically and it, it's and and her pen is like you said her pen is very sharp so it always works so i agree with you it would have been, what a what a great opportunity to have like to have examined plastic surgery. So I, just I think you're going to have
1: to, I just want to, <laughs> I want the tea. I want people to talk about it anyway.
0: <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. I want her. I, you know, uh, 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 like there are so many, so many metaphors you can do with filler and Botox and needles. I mean, come on, it's right up her alley aesthetically as well. Um, I also loved that you, <laughs> Lovingly um and favorably said, "I think this song is very memorable. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is
0: <laughs> I love. Um, I, um, I i I wrote it's fine, it's not bad, but it explores a lot of the same things as jealousy. and for me, the melody isn't as strong as jealousy. Um, so yeah. I, jealousy like, is like, superior for sure. Jealousy. Yeah, Jealousy is, it's supreme. It's just, it's really, really, really nice. And this one is just kind of a little bit pared back and a little more boring. And, like, don't get me wrong, like, of course, there are artists that revisit the same themes over and over again in their work, but um, it just, it's just its not as good as Jealousy. So I gave it an 8 out of 10.
1: Okay, cool. I gave it a 9.
0: Mm. Um, teenage Dream it's the last one. We're on the last well, track.
1: We all know what we're going to say, right?
0: Yeah,
1: we know. She is, she's done it twice now, where she's named a song, albeit in both cases, I think, a pretty good song, a very other iconic title. Um, you know, the other one being, I, I wrote down, Queen of Having a Very Strong Song, that is the second best of its title. See Deja Vu. Um, I think... I think she talked about this in the Rolling Stone uh, interview. I think she talked about actually making friends with Katy Perry when she was writing Teenage Dream because she wanted to call it Teenage Dream. And so I think she reached out. Um, Let's see. Okay. Katy Perry tells Rolling Stone that she offered to mentor Rodrigo the first time uh, they met. She said, I know exactly what these pop girlies are going through. Pop girlies, not girly pops. (laughs) And when I was growing up, no one really did that for me. Um, And then
0: (laughs) Lady Gaga said the same thing about Billie Eilish, just so we all know.
1: Katy Perry then commented to Rolling Stone about Teenage Dream and said, it's nice to hear it. See it resonating through, um, through the ears to different age groups. Rolling Stone needs a copy editor. She's a craftswoman. <laughs> She's writing about all of our inner thoughts, outward things that we would never say. Um, I think this is a pretty strong song despite its, like, title similarities. Um, I think it's a great ending for the album. It, it sort of does smack, a little bit to me of Billie Eilish in the way that it's talking about fame is talking about what's ex- expected from teen girls. Um, and I think it's another really great bridge. I like the op- octaves and like the theatrical build of the, they all say that it gets better. It gets, better, and then it ends with like, but what if I don't, um, I think this one's pretty good. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, I have to say two things before I can even get to the meat of the song itself, which is echoing your thing about it being the second best song called Teenage Dream. But, like, but I want to go even further and say, why not just cover Teenage Dream? Like, it would have been so cunty to, like, cover Teenage Dream and, like, do write, like, one more verse or something, because that would have been the bitchiest thing you could have done to Taylor Swift. First oh, of all. I- So funny. I, so I, I like, I don't know why she didn't contact me, but I would have told her to do that.
1: I love Um, the idea. Oh my God.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then I, then I, speaking of Taylor, I do have to say like this song, I I think is in conversation with the bonus track, nothing new that Taylor featured Phoebe on. Like, I think a lot of the same themes are visited, but I mean, I think, you know, both, Stars were going through those things, so of course they should both write about them. But it does. I think it bears mentioning that it's in conversation with that track. Mm. Um, but I, uh, but I like it. I do think that the song is is very good. I do think the 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 lyric that you mentioned was the best lyric um, on it, and. It's a, I think it's a good closer for someone who is who in this very specific part of their life, examining fame and being 19 and being uh, a lyrical genius. So, uh, and it works on this like pop punk album, teenage pop punk album. Absolutely. So I gave it, I think a nine out of 10. What did you give it?
1: I don't have a score written down. Energetically, nine out of 10. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cover cover Katy Perry. um, Katie do, Katie Olivia. <laughs> just do a VMA's performance, much like the Demi Lovato, Alana Sports Set performance, and just run around the stage singing "Teenage Dream."
1: Oh, amazing. I I love that.
0: <laughs> um. So. We should we should name our favorite tracks. We do, we do favorite tracks and then we give a rating. Yeah. Yes, I remember our format. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are your favorite tracks?
2: All
1: American Bitch, Vampire. Then we got a number of ten out of tens. I think it's probably Ballad of a Homeschooled Girl, or Bad Idea. No, I think it's Ballad of a Homeschooled Girl. I think that one hits a little harder. Um, yep. That's my answer and I'm sticking to it. What about you?
0: I will agree with two out of three. I all American bitch vampire for me. It's a bad idea, right? Just cause I like to, um, I like to say I slipped and fell into his bed. It's just <laughs> so fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, what's your rating? I. Oh, wait, sorry. Oh, we rate on a boxed wine system. And um, that wine system being that Boda is the best, Black Box is middle, and Franzia is the worst. But you can go off the rails. You can use other substances, other beverages, other cocktails, whatever you think. Sorry to interrupt you. What's your rating?
1: No, I was just thinking it through because I, too, it's been a while since we rated an album. Um, It's interesting because I feel like this album is, like, a, um, this is not great. I think it's, like, a lavender lemonade that's spiked with vodka, but it's kind of, like, um, and, and maybe there's a little seltzer, like, it's sparkling. Like, I think it's light, it's fun, it's sweet, but then there actually is some liquor in there, some, like, hard hitting shit. Um, but it's like a fun drink to drink in like the afternoon. Um, and, and like it's, it's girly pop.
0: Yeah. Yes. You- I have a very similar answer. And I, I like that. I, I like the sparkling in it. I like, I, I, I see the lemonade as well. Um, I, my, Metaphor is it's a strawberry soda spiked with whiskey. Um, be- <laughs> I've never had that before, but it feels to me like it's, it, cause it's got those like classic Americana teenage references. So that's where the strawberry soda is coming from. And then the spiked with mix with whiskey is the liberal usage of uh, profanities and the, um, and the conversations about uh, getting him off. So, strawberry soda and whiskey.
1: I love that. I think that's such a strong metaphor. I think that this we haven't really talked too much about the album's influences but I do really like that it's sort of like 90s girl rocky like it does bring up Alanis for me. It brings up like um, she just was quoted as saying her favorite band right now I think is like Rage Against the Machine like she is listening to like older music and like taking references from there but it still feels really fun and like new and not stale um but yeah I like that part I like that the whiskey in in your drink sort of like gets at that a little bit
0: yeah because her references uh, they are like they've got some meat to them it's you know like she she does she does love Taylor but like she also has those like meteor references not that Taylor's not media. I don't know where I'm going with that um
1: would I also, like yeah go for it you you go Oh, I was going to say what I learned about her on this album is she really went to the Taylor school because she can write a bridge, like even if the rest of the song does not slap her bridges will always slap and that's Taylor Swift's influence that is and I'm grateful for that I am.
0: Yeah, I agree with you I think bridges so it are all really sound and really strong, but I might even say I feel like her refrains are a little bit better. Like the like the little things that she chants towards the end of the songs. I feel like she's making making an, her own little lane for refrains. Yeah, but she, so we gave we both give it. Yeah. We so we both gave it cocktail ratings, but like we we didn't speak to like I feel like they don't that doesn't speak to quality necessarily. So is it like top shelf vodka in this lavender lemonade? That's I sparkling. don't know if it-
1: I don't know if it's top shelf for me. I think it might be middle shelf, lower. Like to me, I really love this album. I think I'm going to keep listening to it. There are some songs on it that I think are absolutely sensational. Um, But I do think that Olivia at this point is really strong and putting out incredible singles and the rest of the songs are like pretty good. I think, two, I'm in a tough space musically because yesterday the um, Mitski dropped an album and it is like really, um, art, like, you know, it's a little artier. And so I think that in, in listening to these have been the two albums I've been listening to back to back over the last like 48 hours. And it's, it's definitely more muscular and again, really strong and witty writing, but like, like, just, um, I guess this album is really mainstream and I like that about it, but I don't know. Um, I don't know if like sour, I'm going to play it a bunch right now and then I'm not going to be listening to it in two years.
0: Mm, yeah. Yes. Um, I agree with you. I feel like it's, it is very It's very mainstream, and I like. I think I would give it a mid shelf as well, like a Tito's, or I guess if it's whiskey, what Maker's Mark? Like it's, it's you know, it's very good. But I mean, for me, I think Sour was a little bit better, and because also because it has the juggernaut of um, of her first song. Why can't I think of the name of her very first driver's license? Driver's license. license? I'm. I've only had one and a half glasses of sparkling wine. <laughs> um, yeah, it does. Like Sour had the Juggernaut of Driver's License, and I don't think like Vampire hits very hard, but not quite as hard as Driver's License. So I'm interested, and I also feel like she's done two pop punk inflected albums now. So where is she going to go for three? Are we due for a rebranding, a new era, or is she going to uh, Ariana Grande us and Stick with a lane for four albums.
1: I I I think she's very comfortable in this lane. I don't I don't really see her switching to more of like an R and B sound or like a a more um like like. Sabrina carpenter like bubblegum pop, like I don't see that for her. I I like that she has this sort of like Avril light edge, you know what I'm saying? Like I think it's fun um, and I think that this it's clear that she likes making this type of music, so I'm definitely open to her switching lanes, but I don't know if I see it for her at this moment, but I would be delighted if it happened.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I feel like I agree. I think it's. I think she's pretty sound here. And Avril Light is the perfect (laughs) Avril Crystal Light Olivia Rodrigo. (laughs) Um, Do we have a game?
2: We sure do have a game.
0: (laughs) My gosh! One of the producers told me to slow down whilst recording, so I tried to vamp um, for a little bit. But it seems like you're ready.
2: Um, Well, I'm glad that you tried to vamp, because that's very on theme. Today's (laughs) game is called Bloodsucker or Famefucker. Guess the famous vampire. (laughs) (laughs) I'm obsessed. I love vampires. Let's go.
0: (laughs) Great, yes.
2: (laughs) In this game, I will give you a fact description, something, about a famous vampire, and then I will give you three options of who this vampire is, and you have to guess which one is correct. Oh uh, if you get it wrong, the other person can steal for half a point.
0: All right.
2: Ooh. All right. So first up, Kayla. Yes. This vampire is a spin-off of a British cartoon, Danger Mouse. Is it Count Quacula, <laughs> Count Duckula, or Sesame Street's Count Von Count?
1: <laughs> Wait, can you read the first part again? Yes, this is way harder than I
2: thought
1: it was
0: gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, an immediate left turn. Not even a left turn, an immediate like almost 360, like a 270, <laughs> an immediate 270. Anyways.
2: This vampire is a spin-off of a British cartoon Danger Mouse. Is it Count Quacula, Count Duckula? or Sesame Streets, Count Von Count? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Count, count,
2: count, Ducula. that is so right. Good job. Thank you. I think
0: that right. actually had to be the answer because it was the weirdest one. Is that why you picked or no?
1: No, because Ducula sounds more like Dracula than Quacula.
2: That's another count, count Quacula is another um duck themed vampire, so don't worry. Wow. <laughs> He's real too.
0: I was real. Um,
2: <laughs> 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 Justin, this vampire adopts a dying orphan and then turns her into a vampire. Is it Lestat de Lioncourt, Orion the Origin, or Sylvia de Solemn?
0: Um, uh- uh, C Sylvia de Solemn Solemn?
2: That is Solime. incorrect. Dang. Caleb, you like to steal for half a point. Yeah, that's Lestat. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Good job from the famed movie slash book, Interview with a Vampire. <laughs> yeah, because the child's Kirsten Dunst, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh. yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And he's um, Tom Cruise. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Weirdly, yeah. he is Tom Cruise. So Brad Pitt's
2: there somewhere, right? He's he's in that. Yeah. <laughs> Famous guy. All right, Kayla, you're up. This vampire shares his name with his weapon of choice. Is it blade, mace, or axe? <laughs> blade. <laughs> That is correct. Good Ooh. job. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Wow, I, All right, I thought Preston. it was maze.
2: Axe Question. Your vamp- vampiric question is: This vampire bathed in the blood of young girls to retain youth.
0: Kathy Bates. What- Sorry.
2: <laughs> what?
0: Kathy Bates, uh an American Horror Story.
2: <laughs> Close. Um was it Duchess Emily Cornwall, Amelia the Tall, or Countess Elizabeth Bathory?
0: Okay. This so we got Countess, we got Duchess, and then what was the other one?
2: Amelia the Tall.
0: Amelia the Tall. <laughs> Slay. Slay boots. Um, I'm going to go with the, with the, with the countess.
2: That is correct. Bathed in the blood of young girls. All right. Kayla, this vampire threw himself into Mount Vesuvius after writing an account of his origin to a priest. Was this Presley, the vampire Varney, the vampire, or Blarney the Vampire. <laughs> <laughs> what are those names again? <laughs> um, that would be, that would be uh, Presley the Vampire, Varney the Vampire, or Blarney the Vampire.
0: <laughs> so um,
2: is it
1: <laughs> <laughs> Varney?
2: It is Barney the Vampire.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Vampire queen.
2: Vampires. Okay. Justin, (laughs) this vampire is based on the myth that vampires can be deterred by throwing a bunch of mustard seeds outside of a door. Is it Christopher (laughs) Nice Guy Carboni, the (laughs) Count from Sesame Street, or Bunnicula?
0: Okay, we've got Vanicula The Count from Sesame Street and who's <laughs> the first one?
2: The first one was uh, Christopher, Nice Guy, Carboni oh my god
0: <laughs> I wanted to read the first one but I just I just know you made that up so I'm going to go I'm going to go with C again, the third one
2: Which was Vanicula. <laughs> that is incorrect, Kayla. Would you like to steal are your options? Yeah, tell me. Your now. options are, are Christopher Nice Guy Carboni and the Count from Sesame Street. <laughs> I don't think i have an option. I think I have to say it's Christopher Nice Guy Carboni. <laughs> um, unfortunately, it is the Count from Sesame Street.
0: That's what I thought. But, uh.
2: um, because, because he has to count all the seeds. That's the thing. You throw all the seeds there, and then he's got to count them all.
0: Uh, I've never seen this show.
2: But, well, it's not in the show. That's just the vampire myth. <laughs> if you know uh, the Sesame Street lore.
0: I've um, never seen Sesame Street. <laughs>
2: um, but I will. I will share... I will share that Christopher Nice Guy Carboni is a vampire that we got from the Wikipedia list of vampires. So I don't know where he's from, but he is a vampire.
0: But you did make <laughs> up Vanicula.
2: No, but nicula is real. Vanicula is a rabbit vampire. That <laughs> rabbit is like- yeah, it's a it's a it's a uh, seminal young adult text.
0: Huh. <laughs> I'm not well read.
2: <laughs> okay. Um It is Kayla's turn. We're back to Kayla. And your question is, this vampire quoted Deuteronomy 1223 from the Bible, quote, the blood is the life, end quote. Was it Dracula, Edward Cullen, or Nosferatu? That's tough.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The blood is the light, the life, the life from Deuteronomy, and he mm-hmm. he quoted it. He quoted it. He
2: like said it. Said it.
0: I haven't read that book either. There.
2: It's gonna be Dracula. It. <laughs> <laughs> it is Dracula. Good job, Dracula is biblical. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the final question for you, Justin, is. This vampire was vaporized by walking in front of a window at dawn. Is it Count Oval, <laughs> Count Orlock, or Count Duloc?
0: Oh my God, Duloc, Orlock, or Oval was vaporized. <laughs> I had a, um, a, a freshman English course called uh, Lit Matters where we only read like. Uh, like Frankenstein and like a bunch of like vampire books that I, if I had read any of these books, I would probably be better at this game. Um, and the answer is oval.
2: <laughs> that is incorrect. Uh, would you like to steal one last time? Is it it's
1: Duloc or Orlock? Those are my options. Orlock. Mm-hmm.
2: It is Orlock. Good job. Thank you. So, our final score is in first place as the winner. We have Kayla with five points. Yeah. Received one point. <laughs> Kayla knows all about vampires. Congratulations. <laughs>
1: thank
0: Congratulations, you Congratulations,
1: so much. Oh my gosh, wow. Sometimes we just stumble into these games that I'm good at. I feel like, Justin, your baseline so good at a game that's thrown with you, and I just have to rely on my niche knowledge of pop culture. So thank you so much.
0: That was an incredible opening game. I'm it was very happy. so good. I so will fun. say that I, I peeked at Jeremy's phone before we started recording, and all I saw was a, an article sent by other executive producer, Aaron Barnett, that said, 10 facts about your gut.
2: <laughs> that was option one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, but I'm really happy that we took we took a 270 degree turn into vamp land Um, also I'm very happy to be back in your ear listener Um, and thank you for welcoming me there and thank you for welcoming us there Um, huge thank you to our executive producers Cameron Choi, Aaron Barnett Jeremy Smith a huge thank you to Kayla for being
1: the best co-host Thank you, Justin, for being the best co-host.
0: <laughs> okay, we'll be back soon to talk more albums by pop stars that are still consistently, for five seasons now, non-male. Wow. All right? We did it, Joe. Uh, sorry, I should have. We did it, Joe. Should we? Should we end there? Yeah we mm-hmm.